Let's talk about the good things and the bad things. Let's talk about tax, baby. The tax on foreign dividends and interest work a bit differently from local income. For local interest, you can earn up to 23,800 rand in interest and you won't pay any tax on that. Um, That's if you're under 65. But if you earn any foreign interest on foreign bank accounts or deposits, that income, that interest is taxable from the very first rand or dollar. There's no exemption. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> so today's episode is all about tax on investments and what you need to know as an investor. It's a topic that uh, people like to avoid until SARS comes knocking on your door. Tax matters, you know, because it reduces the returns on investments the same way costs and fees do. So understanding tax implications, you know, is the key to structuring your investment decisions in the most tax-friendly way. You want to reduce your taxes. You don't want them to affect your investments. My name is DJ at large and thank you so much for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Let's be honest, very few people really understand taxes. Even very few interrogate the allowances, the incentives. Very few people understand it. So I'm going to be honest too. I'm not uh, a professional when it comes to taxes. So we've had to bring in somebody that knows everything. Her name is Lizelle Stain to break it all down for us because taxes can be intimidating and of course very, very confusing. Lizelle is the owner and content creator at gofreedom.co.za and someone who is very passionate about financial education. Lizelle, welcome to the Easy Does It podcast. Thank you, Sepo. Fantastic to meet you on air. You know, at the end of this episode, you know, some people may see you as a friend and some might see you spoiling their moods. Tax always has that on people. I hope you're ready for the conversation. Uh, Sepo, I think at the end of this show, people will know how to save tax and that's the main thing we want to achieve. Before we get into tax and investments, I've got a random money question for you. If your money could speak, what would it say about you? It would probably say this one. She's made a 180. In her 20s, all she wanted to do was save up for a few months and then it's flights and it's bus tickets and it's train tickets and she's off on holiday. She never stuck around. In her 30s, sometimes she had a change of mind and now she keeps her money. She keeps us close to her and she takes good care of us and we're becoming stronger and doing things that we thought we were never able to do. Of course, we're speaking remotely. Where are you currently based? Uh, I moved to Swellendam um, at the beginning of lockdown. Small town in the Western Cape. Ah, okay, I see. Now, this question is going to sound a little bit weird, um, but I think it's important, right? Why do investors have to pay um, taxes? I mean, what's the rationale behind the law? Because, you know, I'm, I'm taking a good decision to save, to invest, and now all of a sudden, government wants a piece of it. So what's the rationale behind the law itself? You might have heard of something called the tragedy of the commons. And all that means is if there's common property like roads and um, infrastructure for our internet and hospitals and schools, if everybody is responsible for that, Nobody seems to do anything. That's why we have an external party called the government to manage these common goods for us. And just like any household, they have all these expenses, they have to upkeep the schools, the roads, etc. They need income. 
and the tax we pay is their income. Now, investors have to pay tax when they earn money on their investments, whether it's shares, when it's unit trusts. What are the main types of investment income which have income tax consequences? Okay, so income-wise, there are three types of income you can earn, main types of income. Either you earn dividends, dividends is something you earn when you invest in shares and the company pay out what we call dividends. Or it could be rental income, which I think people are very familiar with. Just as you would get a rental income on a property you rent out, you also get rental income on property, a real estate type of investment fund. And then lastly, there's the good old common interest, which we all know. And all portfolios have a little bit of cash in there for liquidity, and that all earns income. When one receives dividends, I want to go back to that, from local companies, perhaps you've invested in a company on the JSE. Do you also pay taxes on those dividends and how is the tax actually paid? Yes, I think dividends tax is a very, very important tax to be aware of. And it's one of the main reasons that everyone everyone should be in a tax-free savings account, but we'll get to that later. Dividends tax is quite high. It's 20%. Whether you are still a school kid or whether you are a very wealthy, experienced investor, we all pay the same percentage. We pay away 20% of our dividends. And it works a bit differently from our other tax. It's not part of our income, our tax return that we file every year. The company that you invest with, they will take that 20% or the company will pay away that 20% of the dividend to SARS and you will only get the remaining 80%. There's no way to ever get around that or evade that. That's all paid away to SARS before it comes into your investment account ah which i think makes things a little bit easier as well it avoids the whole situation of you've already spent the dividends and you don't know what happened to them which i think makes quite a lot of sense agreed so you don't have to worry about paying that later that's already paid so does the tax an investor pay on their investment income depend on their marginal income tax rate okay so we've just mentioned the dividends tax that doesn't that's separate that's a fixed 20 percent for everybody whether you you earn a 0% income or whether you're a 45% marginal taxpayer. But interest and rental income is dependent on what's called your marginal interest rate. So you might have heard about uh, tax brackets. You can just Google SARS tax brackets and nice tables come up and you can see what's your annual income and then you will see what your marginal tax rate is. I'm quickly going to have a look here at some. What I have here is if you're earning, for example, 500,000 rand a year uh, and a nice salary plus bonus, plus maybe some share payouts, then you will be in the 36% income tax bracket, marginal income tax. But that doesn't mean you pay 36% of your total salary. It's just, it's a sliding scale. In the beginning, you pay only 0%. After a certain amount, you pay 18%. Then you pay 26% and so it goes up. So for example, take someone with a, a monthly income of 26,000 Rand. Their marginal income tax rate would be 26%, but their effective tax rate as a total percentage of their total salary is only 10%. Then how does the marginal income tax rate then relate back to the investment income tax that's on that? Say, for example, it's one rand and your marginal tax rate is 36%. For every one rand, you will pay away 36 cents. If your marginal tax rate is 26% and you earn one rand in interest, you will pay 26 cents to SARS. 
If it's 45%, it's 45 cents. So it's very important, even before you start investing, to have a really good idea of your own personal taxes, so your marginal income tax rate. You need to know that even beforehand. Yes, yes, I, I would definitely say that. Even if you're not an investor, it's good to know how much tax you pay. Oh, goodness, because sometimes it can be so much money. <laughs> and then, Lizelle, um, I've often heard people saying STT, which I think is securities uh, transfer tax. When does that come in? What type of tax is that? If you know about STT, you know more than 99% of investors. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not one of the main taxes. I think don't worry too much about it. It's a tax that is charged every time you buy and sell a share individually. So if your portfolio is made up of individual shares, so you buy Checker, ShopRite, Woolies, and, and buy and sell that, you will pay 0.25% of that trade every time you trade. But if you're a long-term investor, you don't have to worry too much. I mean, over 20 years, that if you, if you buy and hold a share, you don't have to worry too much. That's a really small percentage of your portfolio. And also, if you invest in a pooled investment fund, like a, you might have heard about unit trust and ETFs, exchange-traded funds, there the fund manager will pay that STT in the fund it still reduces the overall return of your portfolio. So you hope you get a fund manager that doesn't trade too much in and out of shares. Mm, and, and is a bit stable, it's got a long-term view. In terms of foreign interest income, foreign dividend income, how, how do the taxes work from that point of view? So the tax on foreign dividends and interest work a bit differently from local income. For local interest, you can earn up to 23,800 Rand in interest and you won't pay any tax on that. Um, that's if you're under 65. But if you earn any foreign interest on foreign bank accounts or deposits, that income, that interest is taxable from the very first Rand or dollar. There's no exemption. As far as foreign dividends are concerned, there are, there's a two-stage uh, taxation process. Firstly, you will pay dividend withholding tax in the country where that company is listed. For example, Apple in the US, the taxman in the US will first take their dividend tax. And when the net dividend enters the country, this country, you will again be taxed, but it varies. It depends on the, the double tax agreement between us and the, the jurisdiction of that company. And also depends where it's a dual listed or single listed company and a few other factors. All you need to know is that the maximum dividends tax you will ever pay on that portion that entered the country would be 20%. Lizal, I've often heard people throwing the acronym IT3B around. What is that exactly? I, I wish we could use less acronyms in this uh, industry. It's completely unnecessary. All it is, an IT3B is a tax certificate from your investment company showing you a breakdown of all your income. And its little brother is called the IT3C. That is just showing your capital gains for the year. And that is issued to you or should be emailed to you once a, once a year. And I'm glad you mentioned the words uh, capital gains. Let's talk a little bit about that. Another acronym that they love to throw around, CGT. Um, what is it exactly? When do you pay it? And I think most importantly, how do you calculate it? Because recently I saw a calculation on social media and it was completely off. Now I don't trust people that make calculations on social media. So, I mean, what is it? When do we pay it? And can you just give us a basic calculation of how to work it out? Capital gains tax is only paid when you sell something. So while you remain invested, all those years that you remain invested, you don't have to worry about capital gains tax. It's only when you sell out of your share or out of your unit trust or out of your ETF. 
let's take a, a nice easy example, a house. You sold your buy to let flat for 700,000 Rand. 10 years ago, you bought it for 200,000. Over the years, you made capital improvements. You added another 100,000 Rand in value to that property. So in total, you spent 300,000 Rand in capital on that property. You're selling it for 700,000. Your gain is 400,000, 700 minus 300,000. Now don't worry, you're not going to pay tax on that full 400,000. There are two exemptions. Firstly, there's an annual exemption that you can deduct, 40,000 Rand per year. And we're going to get to this later when we talk about if you have taxable money, how to move that over to tax-free every year. Remind me of that. So the first exemption is your 40,000. You deduct that from your from your 400,000 gain, which leaves you with 360,000. And then there's another relief, that's a percentage. Of that 360,000, only 40% is considered for capital gains tax. So 40% of 360,000 is equal to 144,000. So that will then be added to all your income for the year when you file for your tax, you filing, as if you had a side hustle that earned you 144,000 and that will be taxed at your marginal tax rate. And I'm assuming even if you're investing in offshore unit trusts and shares and you need to disclose that on your tax return, it would basically be the same process. It will be the same process and if you have a local administrator like Easy Equities or a few other platforms, they will do all those calculations for you and it will arrive in your tax certificate every year before you file. And I know Easy does it, which is really, really great. Lizelle, in terms of tax-free savings, I mean, you've mentioned it quite a few times. It is very, very important and I'd love for you to touch on tax-free savings accounts and the importance of it to try and reduce uh, the amount of tax that you're paying on investments. Yes, uh, it really is the one investment product everyone should have. If I could, I would have moved almost my entire portfolio to tax-free savings. But of course, the tax man is thinking, that's not going to work for us. If everybody suddenly move all their money to tax-free savings accounts, how are we going to earn our income, our tax income on interest, dividends and capital gains? So this is how the product works. Every year you can invest 36,000 Rand per tax year, not per calendar year. But tax year, in this country, the tax year runs from 1 March to end of February every year. So you, you still have about five, four and a half weeks left to get your 36,000 Rand max in for this tax year. And then in March, you can again start counting and you can again put in, it might be 36,000 Rand, it might be a little bit more next, uh, next year. Every year in the budget speech, we hear what this annual limit is on tax-free contributions. Okay, and then the wonderful thing is, once you're in there, you will never again pay any tax on interest in that product, no tax on dividends, and no tax on the capital gains. Especially that, remember that 20% you would have to pay away in a, no, in a normal product. It makes a huge difference. I did the calcs and if you, for example, you, you earn a good salary and you make use of your full 36,000 Rand per annum, there's also a lifetime allowance, which means after 14 years, you've used up your 500,000 lifetime allowance. You put 36,000 Rand in every year, 32,000 Rand in year 14 to use your total lifetime allowance. And then just leave that money for another six years so you remain invested for 20 years. Because remember, once you've stopped putting money in nothing and your life, lifetime allowance is used, nothing stops you from keeping the money in there. Just keep it and let it earn all its dividends and interest tax-free. The difference, the tax saving is more than 200,000 Rand, only on the dividends tax alone, if you're in a 100% equity fund. 
200,000 rand. It's a huge difference over 20 years. Then also when you take that money out after 20 years, and say for example, you earn a very, very good salary, you're a high flyer at the end of 20 years, and you're in the 45% tax bracket, you would save another 140,000 rand on your investment over that 20 year period. As you're speaking, I keep thinking that perhaps if you're new to investing, it makes more sense to hit the contribution limit of 36,000 before you do anything else. So to almost focus on your tax-free savings, make sure that that limit is topped up, and then you can start focusing on other types of investments. Do you think that would make sense from a tax-efficient point of view? I think that's a fantastic principle, Tepo. People often wonder, should I put into my tax-free or should I put into my RA? I think if you're new to investing, just start with a tax-free savings account. Account. Don't go over that 36,000 rand limit a year though, because then you get a nasty surprise. It's a 40% penalty of everything you, you put into an investment uh, over 36,000. Most companies will warn you when you go over that limit. They will say, don't do it because you get a, you get a 40% tax penalty on the excess. But if you have tax-free accounts in different places, say for example with Easy and with another company, they, they might not know of one another and then you could go over your 36,000. So the principle is perfect. First put everything you can up to 36,000 into a, into a TFSA, tax-free savings account, and then start looking at an RA, a retirement annuity. You know, result while I was busy doing research for this episode and just thinking about tax you know, the more reading and research I was doing, the more I started wondering that if you're new to investing, does it make more sense to almost have a tax practitioner that can take you through all of this or to sort of go it alone and try and consume all this information? I mean, what do you think works best? Because I know how intimidating taxes can be. And thank goodness we're recording an episode that sort of makes things a little bit simpler. But what are your thoughts on, on whether one should go to a tax practitioner and say, hey, this is the amount of money that I'm investing. What do I do? Or or try and go at it alone? I think a, a tax practitioner can add value if your portfolio mainly consists of offshore shares and you want to aim some, you want to claim some of those credit backs and that process can get quite complicated. So for those people who have mainly their own individual shares, offshore shares, I think for the rest of us just starting out, you can't go wrong with a TFSA, tax free savings account, just don't go over your annual limit. And I know, Lizelle, you've got some amazing information on your website. How do we get in touch with you? What's your website? Where's all this passion about financial education coming from so we can uh, share some of it? It's all on gofreedom.coza, the local, local website. It's only for local investors, nice and focused. Where does passion come from? Well, it's the career I chose. I've been in investments for 28 years and you might as well be passionate about what you're doing. Uh, Lizelle, we've come to the end of the episode and I'm glad to say that uh, you are our best friend. Sometimes when we talk about tax, things can go uh, pear-shaped, but I'm glad that you were able to break things down and sort of put all these puzzles together for us. Thank you so much for your time on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Desert podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.